0: Hello, Mississippi and Abroad. Welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, joined today by Brad Henderson, Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader. It's Oxford Regional Time. Lots to talk about in the program today. Brad, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, Parrish. It's good. To, good, good to be back after a long trip
0: yeah good to get back in the office everything in order man or do you do you go away for a few days and come back and and there's there's chaos and and you can't find things I mean you're getting back in the office what's it like there at yeah alpha it's, it's a little bit of
1: a mixture now I, I did take my computer with me to to Hoover but uh yeah they, you, you end up opening up a lot of can of worms while you're in Hoover so you're trying to shut the shut the door when you get back so uh yeah it's um. Uh, it's good. You know, business is good. We're on June 1st, so uh, we'll crank up a new month.
0: That sounds good. Uh, Oxford Regional Field uh, announced uh, yesterday uh, Memorial Day. Brad, I, I tell people all the time, that you know, they ask me if I'm off on Memorial Day. I said, not not as long as the Rebels are in the NCAA tournament. I'll, I'll work every Memorial Day uh, with that selection show. We're going to talk about that. Folks, before we get there, I want to talk about our partners, the Oxford Park Commission, we appreciate them coming along for the ride with Justify Your Existence. And if you are a young person, ages five to 15, you can develop your basketball talent this summer at iHoop an OPC camp with former Ole Miss Women's Basketball standout Erica Sisk. Ages five to 10 will work from 545 to 630 ages 11, 15 from 6.30 to 7.45. That's every Tuesday and Wednesday starting today, June the 1st. Okay, so those camps, are they're they're going. So get out there, check them out. Cost is $150 a month. Camps run through June and July. And later this month, water polo skills camps coming up, uh, June 19 to 20 and July 22 to 23. That's for ages 12 to 18. You must be an experienced swimmer cost is $40, and you can find more information on these camps and many more events uh, put on by the Oxford Park Commission, all of that at OxfordParkCommission.com. Uh, Brad, I was listening to a Zoom call with Southern Miss coach uh, Scott Berry uh, a few minutes ago. He mentioned that he was very excited to be in the field of 64, felt like uh, the Golden Eagles got shafted in 2015. He talked about that a little bit. But this was what I, I heard from him, and it was almost – I know that there are two arguments here, okay? Uh, and he was talking about thirty-four at-large bids, twenty-five of them going to Power Five conference teams, leaving only nine at-large bids for the mid-majors uh, around the country. So he's talking about, hey, I told my players uh, before that selection show got started that that uh, unless you have the automatic bid, nothing is guaranteed. So we're very excited. Uh, to be in the tournament, and and he talked about that. But it, you could hear in the tone uh, along the way 25 bids for the Power Five conferences, nine for the mid-majors. You've been on both sides of that argument. Uh, how, how do you see the division of these at-large bids?
1: Well, I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from because, you know, he, he's recruiting to a mid-major and competing in, for championships in a mid-major. Uh, but when you line it all up and you start throwing RPIs in there and, and who you line up play against each weekend, uh, you know you certainly understand the other side of it too because it, it's a it's a dogfight no matter where you're at. But uh, the, the SEC and, and the Power Fives for the most part is a gauntlet, um, just like we saw in the tournament this past weekend. But yeah, I, I get I get Scott's frustration. Uh, you know he's been on that teetering on that line before. Uh, and really it came down to a loss on Saturday to Louisiana tech for those guys that probably kept them out of hosting as well. But, uh, you know, it's hard to argue against the power five numbers just because, uh, you know, just because they have to line up and do it every single weekend.
0: Well, and I was watching those, uh, Louisiana tech Southern miss games, watching, I say kind of following on Twitter, kind of keeping up with that. It seemed like, uh, that, that was a play-in game for a regional host. I had that feel about it. Uh, certainly, uh, Louisiana Tech, we see, did end up hosting. Uh, the Southern Miss players say they felt like uh, a host spot was on the line there. So, you know, I say that to say I think the committee has shown a lot of respect to these programs. Uh, Louisiana Tech got, uh, you know, got its host spot. Uh, Southern gets a, you know, a two-seed. Look, it's it's a tough place to play. It's tough all over, uh, but this team didn't deserve to be sent out west somewhere, and and they didn't. You know they're gonna they're gonna stay in state, uh, play close to uh you know to their campus, and you know we'll see uh, we'll see a lot of black and gold uh, at Swayze Field. What's uh what's your take on the Oxford Regional? What do you think about uh, the, the teams coming in?
1: Yeah, I think it's a uh, – I think it's a tough regional. Uh, if you look at, at who's in it and how each team's playing, uh, you know, I think there's some really good teams here. I, obviously, southeast Missouri, you you just start with the numbers. Uh, obviously, they're from a mid-major, but you go look at who they're going to run out there on Friday night, a left-hander by the name of Dodd. Uh, he's 9-1. and one, uh, With I think he's going to be a 90- 90 to 94-mile-an-hour left-hander. Uh And you look at his walk-to-strikeout ratio, and don't quote me on this, but it's like 15 walks to 120 strikeouts. So, um, obviously, Friday's going to be tough. And then you're talking about uh, Florida State, who's – I think this is their 43rd straight regional uh, paired up with Southern Miss. So, uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, But if you're a baseball fan, there's going to be some really good baseball played in Oxford this weekend.
0: Well, it's it's just going to be tough, man. It's it's the postseason, and I look at uh, previous Oxford regionals, and and you can always argue seeding, and you can argue matchups. I mean, I thought uh, in twenty eighteen that uh, Ole Miss, as the number four national seed, uh, got shafted. Okay, I, I thought that Tennessee Tech was too good a team to be the two seed, you know, at a number four national seed that season. Now that. That doesn't mean that Ole Miss shouldn't have won those games, shouldn't have found a way to split those last two and and advance from that regional. Uh, they they should have. Um, didn't play their best ball on that last day, but um, I just I, I didn't think the seeding lined up there. Uh, I thought in 2019 that the field was not quite as strong, and it was almost like. Uh, the 2019 field should have been in Oxford in 2018 uh, and, and then, you know, kind of, kind of switched around like that. But I, you know, this field is, uh, this is a competitive field. Southern's going to be a, a strong number two. And, you know, you look at the RPIs uh, for this and SEMO comes in at 80 and and your initial thought is, well, that's not that impressive, but so much of it depends Brad on, on who steps on that mound and, uh, as you mentioned, Dylan Dodd there and, and the numbers on him and uh, the success he's had, uh, most of these teams are going to have a guy. And uh, usually you're going to you're gonna face that guy on Friday night. What do you think uh, Mike Bianco does? Do you think he throws uh, Doug Nikhazy on Friday?
1: Um, you know, I'm 50-50. Uh, I had a chance to visit with all the guys last night and uh, – you know, they were both – they were making a case both ways. Uh, I, I think, obviously, you, you look at who is going to throw for Southeast Missouri, like you said, the Dodd kid. It's hard not to throw Doug. But uh, I also think on the flip side, if you can't win with Derek Diamond uh, against – I just think Southeast Missouri offensively is going to not going to match up well with Derek either. So um, – And you may say, Doug, for that Southern Miss Florida State winner, uh, if you could beat SEMO. So, uh, I I don't know what they're going to do. In fact, before you and I talked, I called uh, Alex Sims, our SID, to see if they had come out and named a star yet, and they have not. So, they're still mulling it over. Um, But it'll be interesting. I I thought, for sure, we would probably throw Derek uh, until I started reading the stat lines on Dylan Dodd. And uh, he, he may be that good to uh, – where you may be forced to throw Doug. But either way, um, you know, the, the entire staff threw well in Hoover. So, you feel a lot better uh, going into this regional, uh, really, with no matter who you run out, out there. But, yeah, it, uh, so I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Obviously, we'll know soon. My gut tells me we'll throw Derek. Uh, but but I, I, that's just simply my gut.
0: Um. Pitching looked very good in Hoover before the uh, Arkansas game there, which was only three to two. Uh, I had uh, Ole Miss starting pitching, not not everything, but starting pitching at like a, a 1.8 ERA uh, for the SEC tournament. Uh, we just hadn't seen that, Brad. Hadn't seen that from these guys past Doug uh, over the last month. And then all of a sudden uh, we see the consistency, the flashes we'd seen before. From Derek Diamond, from Drew McDaniel, and the Tyler Myers thing, man, that was uh, you know that that was just one of those neat postseason stories that you see sometime. I mean, it was his third start. You know, his other starts had been against uh, Little Rock and and uh, someone similar uh, in the non conference, and uh, to come in and and out pitch Jack Leiter. Okay, so Leiter wasn't at his best, but uh, even not at his best. Uh, It's not like Ole Miss just ran him out of the game. Uh, They didn't string a lot of hits together. They got timely hits and took advantage of some opportunities. But to see Tyler Myers outpitch Jack Leiter in that game and to see the starting pitching, even Cody Adcock uh, after a two-run first uh, on Saturday against Arkansas, just uh, from wire to wire, very good starting pitching uh, from Ole Miss uh, in that tournament. Uh, why do you think uh, those guys were one right after the other able to put it together there in Hoover?
1: Well, I think uh, for me, it was once they saw the way Derek threw against Vanderbilt, even though he didn't win, uh, pitching is contagious, just like hitting is. And, uh, you know, of course, you're playing in a bigger ballpark, uh, you know, where the wind for the most part, the first three or four days we were there was kind of blowing in. So, you know, you could get away with some pitches. And, uh, but I think once Derek, through in game two against Vanderbilt, even though we lost, uh, I, I think the way he dealt uh, really gave the rest of those guys a, a light, kind of a, a glimmer of hope. And, uh, and, and then once it started rolling, it started rolling. And, you know, the thing about it was that I think the most impressive thing is we, they weren't getting the run support we were used to getting. Uh, so they were kind of having to pitch in some, some stressful innings to keep us in it, and uh, and they all produced. It wasn't just the starting pitching. I thought Brandon Johnson was exceptional. I thought Broadway was really good again. Um, you know, Burton was good during that last game against. I mean, you go down the list. There wasn't anybody who was bad. Um, so, uh, you know, I think Hoover had a lot to do with it. Uh, which, on the flip side, it kind of surprised me some because I thought some nerves would get to some guys uh, being on that stage, but it didn't. So, uh, obviously, they've got to feel pretty good about where they're at headed into, uh, headed into this regional here in Oxford.
0: Well, I told you, Brad, before we got started, late innings against Arkansas in the semifinals there on Saturday. It's uh, three to two, and I'm thinking, my gosh, I'm like uh, hitting an error from being here on Sunday in the championship game. Uh, you had gotten down to Cody Adcock starting uh, in the semifinals on Saturday. He'll, what would have been your plan? Who would you have pitched uh, in that championship game on Sunday?
1: <laughs> well, you, were, you weren't – I mean, you were down to about three or four guys you could start. And, uh, you know, you had him and Mallets and uh, Miller and Burton. Uh, and those were about the only four that hadn't really thrown at all. Uh, you know, I, it surprised me that we ran him out there just simply because he was a freshman from Arkansas. So I thought it was going to be double the nerves – but like you said, it gives, a, uh, gives up a two-run homer in the first. that really shouldn't have been a two-run homer because uh, I thought McCants misplayed the first single, uh, you know, a, a fly ball in the center field. that He just misplayed. So it really should have been a one-run homer. Uh, but then I thought after that, he really settled down. Now, he worked out of some jams, but so did they. you know. Uh, I thought both teams had multiple opportunities early to score and didn't. Uh, and then obviously Ole Miss with a huge chance there where we only got two runs. We had an opportunity with the bases loaded and Tim Elko up and, and Timmy strikes out and then Dunhurst grounds out to first. So I, I think we left some there to have that inning, but Hey, it's baseball. That's why they're the number one team in the country. Uh, but, you know, at, at no point did I see in, in our players faces where they didn't think they were going to win that game. You know, to, just to say, Arkansas is light years ahead of Ole Miss. I, I think that's not true. Uh, but Arkansas is complete. You know, they're probably the most complete team I've seen. They play really good defense. Uh, that They're solid one through nine, and, and they've got really good pitching. But, yeah, we, we had our opportunity uh, to play on Sunday uh, against Tennessee but didn't get it done. But I, I think overall the team is is fairly happy with how things panned out and who
0: well, when you look at the top teams in the SEC, uh, uh, Ole Miss goes one and three against Arkansas, plays that three to two game there in the tournament. They win three out of five against Vanderbilt. I mean, they they fared well against these uh, national seeds uh, in the conference, at least those uh, those top four. Uh, pitching in the SEC tournament, Brad, how much of it had to do with being in a pitcher's park? Uh, and And do you think these guys have to – Change an approach or do something a little bit different. Uh, just when when they get back into uh, you know a more uh, home run friendly park uh, at home.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to change. Uh, I, I really don't because you, you look at some of the teams we played there, uh, like in Arkansas, that they, they hit home runs wherever they go, and uh, you know they were over ninety uh, by the time we played them. So no, you you don't. You certainly don't change your approach. Um, I, I think they'll they'll settle back in and be glad to to, to be home. The, you know the the only thing that that I think is a question mark as far as that staff goes is can they control the nerves when there's you know ten or twelve thousand in the stands on Friday night. You know because when the nerves are rolling, you tend to overthrow a little bit. When you overthrow it, it, it tends to get up around the belt where you can you know, uh, where you can get hurt. So if they can control the emotions, control the nerves, uh, I I don't think you change your approach by any means because you can't, you know, because you you may go one weekend in this league playing at a a big pitcher's park and then the very next weekend playing in a Cracker Jack where the ball flies. So you just got to make pitches and uh, keep the ball down. Uh, So, but for me, like I said, it's about controlling the nerves and, and, and controlling the emotions in the situation.
0: What was your take on the Ole Miss offense in the SEC tournament? Seven runs against Auburn uh, there in the opener and, and then just uh, didn't score a lot. Yeah, it was it was windy from time to time, but uh, what, what did you see in this bunch offensively? Even when they got to Arkansas, I know it was uh, their third game, but they were down a pitcher, so that was like their their fourth guy that they were throwing. I, I thought that we would see both teams score in that game and, and really you know, just not a lot of runs.
1: No, I I thought we uh, we weren't as sharp as we have been all year, uh, and I, and I think it goes back to and Coach Clements spoke of, on this after the Arkansas game. You know, T.J. McCants really struggled, and and he's kind of our lightning bolt there at the top of the lineup, and and when he doesn't get going, we don't get going. Uh, you know. And I, and I think uh, I think he will get going. I think Clem, Clem obviously truly believes in him. I think he just had a rough stretch where they pitched him pretty tough. Uh, and then you had a couple other guys that just didn't swing it well. I didn't think Dunhurst went well. Uh, and then you get to the bottom of the lineup in and, and that first base position, whether it's Harris or, or Baker, and they're really not getting any production yeah. uh, from that spot. But that's kind of a spot we hadn't gotten production from, you know, basically in the last month, month and a half. Uh, but, you know, you, you start taking your, your, your leadoff guys, not, not really getting much production. That, that's pro- been producing all year. Um, and, and so you're setting yourself up for, for some uh, low-scoring game simply because it, it seems like uh, because he was struggling, you know, it's hard to score a bunch of runs when you've got one out to lead off an inning. So, you know, I, I don't think they're worried about it. It was surprising to me. I, I thought the later we went in the tournament, the more of an offensive game it would be, uh, but I was wrong, and and I was glad to be wrong because we won several of those games. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was interesting to see because I was looking for some of those uh, you know eleven to eight type ball games, and we just didn't get them.
0: Yeah, looked like uh, Peyton He swung it pretty well, you know, which which was good to see because he he'd been struggling. Uh, Tim Elko in game two, man, what what a performance there against Vanderbilt, and uh, then the next day. Uh, against Georgia uh we see him intentionally walk twice and I thought uh look it's when, when Tim is batting if you just let him bat maybe he hits a home run and and trots around the bases at his own speed maybe he gets out okay and he's not on the bases but when you immediately intentionally walk him that's a lot of stress on that ACL I mean that's that's like that was too uh you know, two trips around the bases that he started at first base. But I thought uh, I thought he handled himself well on the bases. He looked okay. I mean, he admits that, uh, you know, at times there's a little stiffness, a little discomfort. But uh, what, what did you think
1: of uh, Tim? Yeah, uh, no, I thought – I thought – I think Timmy's probably at 60 or 70%, you know, I, and I, I don't think the walks uh, put any more stress on it. As long as he can run in a straight line, he's fine. You know, it's, it's when he has to hit a bag and make a turn. But we saw him there uh, in one of those ladder games tag up on third and score on a yeah. sack fly, yeah. you know. So, I, you know, as long as he can go vertically, uh, he's fine. Now, he's not very fast. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be the, the one, the ball he hits in the gap, that questionable double that he's going to try and stretch, uh, knowing he really can't slide. You know, he can't slide on that big brace. Uh, but, no, as long as he's going from uh, A to B in a straight line, uh, he's fine. So, I, I thought he had a tremendous tournament. And you're right. Game two was just uh, – it was legendary. You know, I had a – that next day I, I ran into Kyle Peterson, who was with the SEC Network right next to us. And, you know, he just couldn't he, – he's just still in awe of what Tim Elko – we, we kind of we get spoiled because we're getting to see it live every day. Yeah, but but to be there with a guy that's on the national stage, who's gets to see Tim every now and then, uh, be that kind of flabbergasted by what Tim's doing was was pretty neat to see. But no, I think he gets a little bit better every day, uh, and it certainly has been a huge move moving him to DH rather than the pinch hitting role. Uh, because you, you see now teams are walking him, and, you know, it, it's it's almost the same old Tim that he's getting his timing back as far as the swing goes.
0: Yeah, now you just feel like he's back. I mean, even when he was in that occasional pinch hit role, you just didn't feel like he was back. Uh, he was not able to impact the game in such a big way, but when you can get him four at-bats a game, uh, that's that's really big. Hey, folks, that will wrap us up for this edition of Justify. Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parish Alford. Lots of good stuff in those groups. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.